This episode of the Comedy Zone podcast is presented by BarkBox. You love your dog. Your dog loves you. Why not give your dog a monthly box full of treats and toys and stuff and help out the Comedy Zone podcast as well? You can get involved at getbarkbox.com slash comedy zone. Getbarkbox.com slash comedy zone. From the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Sammy Joe Francis. Hey guys, it's Brian. You're stuck with me this week, Will Jacobs and his uh, lovely wife are relocating, moving houses to uh, another part of Charlotte, so they're unavailable as we record this on Friday morning, uh, February 24th. Uh, Sammy Joe taking advantage of uh, the largest event in Uptown Charlotte every year, the CIAA Basketball Tournament. She's slinging drinks uh, this really all day and all night at, uh, at, the, uh, at the place where she works, so uh, you got me. But uh, the good news is um, we've got an interview with uh, Steve Ranazisi for uh, this week's podcast. Steve Ranazisi is one of those guys, he's, he's just under... Uh, that kind of that first uh, t- tier of comedians who gets all the attention. He's a great storyteller, really, really funny guy, a really sweet guy as well, just a super nice guy. I've um, had the opportunity to talk with him um, a couple times uh, as he's made his way through Charlotte. Uh, fans of The League, um, the show that was uh, started on FX and then I believe moved to FXX and just wrapped up its its run last year, uh fans of of uh, the league will know him as Kevin on the league and the league um is one of those shows that really we're going to look back on the league and realize that it's launched kind of another generation of comics and uh comedic actors you look at the at the folks who have come out of the league the Nick Krolls the Paul Shears uh the Steve Ranazisis Mark Duplass Kate Azelton uh, you know, th- uh, that group of people who have come out of that show um, are going to be recognized as um, as the years go on, almost almost uh, maybe kind of like a kids in the hall type of thing, where um, where individually now they'll go on to do some cool things too. So um, w- Steve, um, again, a really really super nice guy. Um, we talked about a whole lot of things. We talked about kind of his. His um, his workflow, how he puts his stories together, when he realizes uh, something that's happening to him is a story. But we also talked about the issue, uh, the nine eleven thing with um, Steve Wanazisi. Steve um, <laughs> Steve mentioned on the Howard Stern show some years ago that uh, he worked in one of the twin towers, uh, and. Uh, was either there or was, I can't remember the exact uh, rumor now, but basically made it all up. Um, on the spot, on the fly, Howard, you know, he was on the Howard Stern show, uh, made something up that he narrowly avoided escaping on 9-11. It turns out that was not true. Uh, he doesn't, if you ask him, he doesn't know why he did it. It was in the moment on the Howard Stern show, and it just kind of happened. And as you might imagine, he got kind of beat up about it. 
and uh, it, I imagine, at least uh, uh, temporarily, was was a little damaging to his career. But I think he handled it perfectly, and I mentioned that to him during the interview. I thought, I thought he handled it once it came out. He he handled it head on, and handled it almost um, perfectly. But one of the things he did do to kind of uh, uh, to take it on is uh, he went on the roast battle on um, on Comedy Central, uh, Central's roast battle last year and got hammered and got absolutely pounded um, about the 9-11 thing. And he knew that was coming. And so so I did mention the actual, you know, the 9-11 thing has been covered by Steve Ranazzisi, uh a lot already. Um, I wanted to ask him about the roast battle. So we talked about that a bit. And I think I got a really a really honest answer out of him and 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 he's just he's just a really really good guy and i'm happy to see that you know a mistake on his part hasn't hasn't really hurt what um what he's doing and now he's he's um you know getting some more work we talked about what's uh coming up uh for him including a role on on uh curb your enthusiasm the new season of uh of curb so that's coming up uh, this year as well. So um, we'll take a quick short break. I'm going to tell you about BarkBox and then um, we'll get right into the uh, Steve Ranazzisi interview. So uh, thanks again for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. Remember, of course, where you can hear the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Radio, uh, all the places where you collect your podcasts. And uh, don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. It's the best way to help uh, continue the show to grow. You're doing a great job of that so far. Please do keep it up. Tell all your friends. Put it on your Facebook. Put it on your Twitter. And uh, just help us grow. So after this word from BarkBox, we'll be right back into the podcast with Steve Ranazzisi. Hey, guys. How much do you love your dog? Do you love your dog enough to spend about 20 bucks a month to make your dog ridiculously happy? Of course you do. What if every month um, a company like, I don't know, say BarkBox uh, delivered a box of treats and goodies and toys absolutely, especially curated along a theme just for your dog? Wouldn't that be cool? Well, BarkBox, BarkBox does absolutely do that. And now you can subscribe to BarkBox every month. You can make your dog happy. That makes you happy. And you can make us at the Comedy Zone podcast happy, happy or happy as well because we get a little chunk of what you subscribe to. It doesn't cost you anymore. You make your dog happy. It helps the podcast. Everybody wins. Here's how you do it. Get BarkBox.com slash Comedy Zone. It's Get BarkBox.com slash Comedy Zone. You sign up for either the six-month or the 12-month deal, and we get a little hunk of that, and it helps keep us on the air. Then that makes you happy, and your dog makes you happy, and you're making your dog happy, and you're making us happy, and everybody's happy. So get BarkBox.com. It's a great deal. Uh, you can check it out at that website right there, right now. Sign up right there, right now. Get to BarkBox.com slash Comedy Zone. Everybody's happy. I'm just going to go ahead um, and start. Actually, let me move this up. Okay, so we can actually we can make actually eye, contact. eye contact. That's nice. Uh, Steve, uh, thank you so much. Uh, first no of all, problem. for hanging out with us. Welcome back to Charlotte. We we love having you here. Thank you very much. It's uh, I this is my third time here, and uh, I have fun every time I come. I really do. The club is great. Yeah, it's built perfectly. The crowds are great. So, and the areas I've always come in like nice times. So, 
it's been beautiful experiences most of the weather wise. <laughs> You've got family here, or is that? Yeah, my sister in law lives here, not too far, like, yeah. like fifteen minutes okay. away. Yeah. Well, that's nice. That's yeah. helpful too. When yeah. You so visit. I get down here to visit, bring some my family. We get to hang out, yeah. see some relatives. It's nice. I've got a, a handful of things that I want to ask you. I don't know. I'm sure you've discussed some of them before, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe not necessarily all of them. And certainly none of them with me. So it's the first time for me. So sure. This, you know, sometimes some of them are just for you. You know. Got it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess first of all, with the league, um, you know, did you guys have an idea going in uh, what the league would turn into, or that you know it would achieve the success that it it did? Um, I certainly didn't. I don't think anyone else in the show did. Um, we knew that we were making something funny, making each other laugh. And, uh, you know, we had all been on something that failed before that because yeah. that's how we got yeah. there. You yeah. know, otherwise we wouldn't be there. So yeah. you just kind of hope that you're making something funny and, and that people will watch it. And being on cable, that was my first experience with cable. I'm sure it was, I think it was almost everyone else's as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we didn't realize that they were going to let us, they were going to nurture us and let us kind of develop the show that we wanted to make. And so uh, they never really got too stressed out about numbers fx and and yeah. things like that they just kind of you know they they laughed at the product and they thought people would too so they just yeah. believed in us it's so great that's from from you know from start to finish and some shows have the that like like you know that year here and there mm-hmm. where you just go well that one wasn't that great but just from beginning to end i mean the league is just it's great it's thank great. you yeah we uh we enjoyed doing <laughs> it so coming out the back end of it then did you you know do you kind of look back now and think like you know we did that that was that was really awesome. It was a great six seasons. Um, I, I I don't really ever – I haven't looked back. I haven't really watched a lot of them, um, you know, from, like, gone back and watched them. I usually watched them, you know, right around the time yeah. that they came out. But uh, because, you know, we improvise the show a lot, so you didn't really know what takes, what they were going to use and stuff. Yeah. So um, my biggest thing that I love to look back is the outtake stuff because that stuff still kills me because there was so much stuff that was left on the floor that was just hilarious. Um, but I think that we'll look back as you watch everyone's careers grow and get bigger and bigger. I think that this will be the kind of show that people will look and go, oh, I can't believe that all those guys were on that show together at that time. You know, There are a couple shows like that, and I think uh, one of ours could be one of them. Well, I was actually, uh, that was my next question. You look at what, you know, where the people you worked with you know now even uh, uh, Paul and Mark certainly mm-hmm. Kate and yourself and 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 and, and Nick Kroll mm-hmm. uh, everybody kind of bataco what what's what's up with <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah John um John's making music John's yeah, a beautiful yeah. Canadian soul who loves to <laughs> sing and make some heartfelt music and uh yeah he's uh he's you know he's taco it's where's taco <laughs> yeah he's uh that's what he wants to do right now it's that's beautiful awesome. yeah of the the comics that I consider sort of to be storyteller comedians, I kind of I lump you into the group with like Mike Birbiglia mm-hmm. and 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 people like that who are who are so good at that kind of storytelling. How do you sort of nurture that? How do you how do you figure out for you what makes a good story and what and what does? I kind of know when it when it when it happens. I know that something could be put together or a couple weird things that would happen in a night that you can kind of figure out a through line throughout that and then once you got the story I, ca- I go on stage and I try to just write jokes mm. that you know the things that ha- around the things that happen so the narrative is there almost and then you just kind of fill it in with jokes yeah yeah so that's sort of how they're built it takes a little bit of time it's not like just writing a joke and then going up on stage and trying it yeah. I need like 
three five minute chunks how do you how do you work that stuff out? I mean there I are bomb a lot because if people aren't into the story then they're just gonna check out yeah and, but I still have to finish the bit and other than I mean like you know you're working enough so that you know you can put stuff up in kind of in longer form but if you're um, if you're working stuff out you know during the week and kind of you know club hopping and things like that where where you might only have a five six or seven minute I usually get about window. 15 minute sets I'll usually okay. do 15 minute sets yeah that kind of gives me enough time to work out a story or two or, you know, a couple beats. Mm. If I just abbreviate a story, if I want to work on like a couple jokes within the story, I may not tell the whole thing. I'll just kind of like cliff note it a little bit yeah. and then uh, work out the jokes specifically where I want them to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, like that's it works in reverse, though, because like the Tonight Show and things like that were never really good venues for me because... You know, you got like, you know, four and a half minutes. So right. unless I told one story and then you're risking like if they're not into it, then you're just going to really bomb. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So uh, that was never really good. I needed more time. So do you find yourself then, you know, working up stuff specifically for instances like that where where you might go on the Tonight Show instead of. Yeah, I'll write together like like just a couple like jokes, like, you know, like 30 second jokes. Yeah. Um, I can do those once in a while, but they're not like what I enjoy doing the most. Yeah, yeah. You have a line t- towards the end of your of your act where it's almost—I don't want to necessarily call it a throwaway, but you kind of mention it in the middle of something. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say what the line is because I don't want to—I don't want to wheeze your gig. But it's a—it's a reference to the 9/11 stuff. Mm-hmm. What was I'm curious about the thought process of putting that line in there. Um. I just figured I was well. The story, this that the incident, that uh, th- that the story I was telling that I put the line in happened right. in February, like almost like a year ago. Okay. Now, so um, I'm trying to think. Like, I probably started telling the story in July. So, you know, you tell it like four or five times, yeah. and then you realize. As you just like are ri- almost like writing the dialogue in your head, you know, I meet up with my friends, and they, you know, it's something what they wouldn't believe me, and it just made sense. Yeah. So I, the yeah. first time I did it, it just made. You know, it, it's a, you know, like ten percent of the audience, maybe not even. Right. Some people don't even get it. It's, that's why it's sort of like a throwaway line. Yeah. Um, it's great. Yeah. I think it's great, and it. I mean, like you said, you know, the percentage of the audience who gets it. You know, it's gonna hit yeah. with them. There's a percentage who doesn't get it, sure, and that's fine. And it's still kind of funny on a certain level to them mm-hmm. as well. We had um, Mike Lawrence on the podcast a, f- a couple months ago when he was here, mm-hmm. and we talked a little bit about the the roast battle. Uh-huh. And I um, mean, your name came up, and Mike gave you a lot of credit for mm-hmm. for you know what you did at the roast battle, and uh, you must have had a sense going in that you were going to get hammered pretty well, mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's no, I mean, there's nothing off limits. In those, in those roast battles, apparently, yeah. was that part of the process for you? Yeah, that was the only reason I that? did it. Yeah, I've never yeah. done a roast battle before that. Yeah. I've judged the show a couple times. Yeah, um, but I just figured, you know, I'll probably who knows I'll maybe get paired up against a friend. They'll we'll work it out. They'll, yeah. You know, and then when I got paired up against Sam, I didn't know Sam, and then, you know, Sam is a very funny comic, and he. Uh, you know, I think he took it very seriously as like almost like a job for him to defend New York City, which yeah. really kind of threw him off a little bit. He was yeah. he was, you know, I was fine, bad, whatever, but he was much better. And um, I feel bad for him because he could have probably done a lot better mm-hmm. if he just didn't take it. So he took it seriously. And that's, a, you know, you do take it seriously, but, but he took yeah. it very like 
personally and so um yeah i mean i'll uh i wouldn't i, I wasn't going in it to win it yeah i really i really wasn't I had Radiohead tickets on Sunday, so I had no plans to be yeah at the finals at all. I told Comedy Central when I signed on to do it that I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was yeah. That's the only reason I did it. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, I didn't feel like I was going to have like a, a second career as a you know a slash roast joke writer. That's right. Cutting, you, and, you know, like, you and Jeff Ross yeah, on tour together instead of just telling stories. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start yeah. doing this now. Yeah, I, I, I was just trying to put some stuff behind me. You know. Yeah. I thought you handled that whole thing absolutely perfectly. Well, I could have done a little better, but you know, it, it didn't really matter. I was sort of yeah, yeah. But you owned it. I mean, you didn't, you didn't yeah. make excuses. You didn't. Sure. What else am I going to do? <laughs> you know. But there's a lot of examples out there of people who make mistakes and people who do stupid shit, and then they do well. You know, that's the information I was given. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, one of them's so the president yeah, of the United right, States right exactly. now. Uh, uh, I feel like there's two there's two there's two types of comics right now. There's type of comics who go, you know, oh, having you know having this guy as president is the best thing that ever happened to a comic. And then there's kind of another group that goes, it's it's that it doesn't feel like you know. I mean, certainly we all have a responsibility to speak out, but does it feel right to you to to not right? But does it feel? Yeah, it's a serious yeah. matter that this guy is in charge of a lot of stuff that he probably shouldn't be in charge of. Yeah. Um, now he also tweets a lot and that's where a lot of comedians spend a lot of their time. So, you know, they're going to, they're going to say a lot of stuff about him and they're going to continue to, you know, which is good. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's funny or whether they're just saying this guy's a moron. Um, I think a light needs to be shined on it. And, uh, but for me, I'm not going to go out on stage and try to, you know, rip the audience apart because it only works one or two ways. Either you, all your audience knows that they're there for you and they're, you know, what your views are and that they're going to, you know, be listening to like pretty much on the same side, yeah. or you're going to rip the audience apart for the most part. Yeah. And now you have to either sit there and have a debate for an hour and hope that it's funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or, you know, you're just going to be done. Yeah. You know, you have half the audience is not going to listen to you anymore. So, yeah. I do what I want on Twitter and stuff like that, or, but, you know, when I'm on stage, is a different thing. Yeah. yeah, but I'll still call. You know, I'll still make reference that, that I'm not gonna pretend that I don't feel the way I feel. Right. Yeah, is it harder now? Is it harder now to be to be a comic than it was five years ago? Even. Yeah, because you got like five jobs now. Yeah, you gotta have your podcast. You gotta have your Twitter thing. You're gonna have all your social media stuff. You gotta have you know this. Fifteen years ago, it was like you just. Got on stage every night and try to make as many people laugh as you could, and you hope someone gave you a development deal. You know, <laughs> now it's like you, I know friends that are like, yeah, like twenty five years old that are like comedians that are like running a business. You know, yeah. they're yeah. like this all this branding shit going on. It's crazy. So what what is um I know you and Mark are doing a uh, podcast together um, uh, where where you talk about books, right? Just me. Oh, just you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. No. Mark was. I saw something about that. Mark was involved, but that was just the he first. Was, one he was uh, okay. first step, like the first. I did a, one episode with Bert and Ari, and then um, Mark was like the first one I released. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought no, it was, no, I, no, I no thought problem. it was the two of you together. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. We. Um, that was the first episode. Uh, so the podcast is called "Hear Me This Book" with Steve mm-hmm. Renazizi. I don't read many books, or I haven't read as many books as I should have read. So I'll have smart, funny people on that will talk to me about the books yeah. I should have read. And you did the notebook with Mark. We did right? the notebook. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> oh, that's very beautiful. Two grown men talking about love, <laughs> and uh, it was it was lovely. 
Mark's yeah. a sensitive dude, <laughs> and you know what? Deep down inside, I am too. We've connected a lot on like, like, I think I've cried in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when he told me, and he's a big reader, but he told me he wanted to do the notebook. I was really excited. I was yeah. like, this will be fun. So yeah. it was great. Yeah. Have you done the, the the is it the time traveler's wife or are you considering I think that's another Nicholas Sparks book. Uh we have not done that but if anyone's interested I'm Apparently at some point in the and I haven't seen the movie but people have told me about it where there's a woman who's pregnant mm-hmm. and and the child it the fetus can travel through time. Mm-hmm. So and I've always wondered if it's like like one second she's pregnant and then just and then yeah. like that, that, that I don't know how that works. No, I, mean, I can't imagine. No, I don't. I can't either. So so yeah. I'm curious. If you do that, send me a tweet. And we'll, I will <laughs> <laughs> because I need to know how that and I won't read or see it myself. <laughs> so what is next for you? Um, I'm gonna have my transition sex change starting soon. So oh, congratulations. Get that process That's, going. Yeah. Good. Um, Good. No, I did a, an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, I'm writing a show with Ari Shafir once he gets back from his little tour mental thing he's on by himself <laughs> in Europe. Um, and uh, and this comedy tour that I'm doing now, too. So awesome. yeah. And reading scripts for these new shows. We'll see. Awesome. Maybe yeah. something will... Uh, I'll like something. I look forward to seeing you again, and we'll we'll see you again. Absolutely. Um, enjoy your show here. You're on in like five minutes. So. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, Steve. Thank you. Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Hepburn, Lisa Barr, and Brian Baltashevitz. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. <laughs>